holding it and then exhaling. I'm exhausted. That was amazing. Your energy is like, amen. Like, you're, I'm going to force you guys to participate. And that was exciting. That was exciting for me. Uh, the, the problem for me is that I did uh, two weddings this weekend already. And um, so I woke up this morning and my guts just felt horrible. Um, and I didn't even go to the second reception, so it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> but how awesome to hear about Ignite and all that you're doing. Um, let me, let's pray and then we'll get into our, um, our brief teaching before we um, end in worship together. So Lord, uh, as we step into this moment, would you give us ears to hear what you have to say? And for... Uh, any of the distractions or schemes of the enemy to uh, keep us in opposition to you or to your words this morning, would you uh, overthrow those um, by the name of Jesus and by the power? And so this morning, we're, we are free to you. We submit to you and we long to hear from you. And so Lord, I ask that you would uh, direct my thoughts and that you would uh, speak clearly to each one of us, including me this morning. And so we invite you. And I just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we've been doing a study for the last few weeks on praying the Psalms. And I don't know if we said this, but there's been a book that we're using. It's Eugene Peterson. And it's called Answering God. And for those of you who are on, um, in a spot where you're wanting to learn how to pray, because prayer is super intimidating, especially in front of other people, um, especially when you hear other people pray and you think, oh, if I would have known that prayer when I was going through this thing, then maybe it would have gone differently. Um, we, we have lots of assumptions about prayer and how to enter it. And this, this book has been super helpful of using the Psalms as a tool to be able to engage in prayer. And so uh, you may also be in the spot where you're looking for some daily rhythms. Um, if you're like me, I need to have something that I've decided to do or else I'm gonna do nothing. I'm gonna get distracted by the first emergency that usually is already a text message in my phone before I wake up. And so having a rhythm of praying the Psalms, reading the Psalms, praying them daily, um, has been helpful for me in trying to follow Jesus. And so I use the um, Moravian reading plan, but you could do whatever you want. So this morning, uh, we want to look at the Psalms, but we want to look at the Psalms as a way of prayer and as a way of connecting to memory. And so, how many of you have ever been in a spot and all of a sudden you smell your grandpa's aftershave? And you're like, what in the world? Like, are you here? Like, it's so, it's so there. And it's in a spot where it shouldn't be, right? Like, 
you're in some random place and all of a sudden you, you smell something or you have this uh, feeling, a sense that um, is not logical. It's not something that can be explained away. It's not something that we would be able to translate through a textbook. But you have this sense or you perceive that there's perhaps a presence with you. Or perhaps there's something that you've been longing for that all of a sudden in this random spot it receives comfort in you. This is what we would call a function of the Psalms that it it grabs our memory and it connects us to the collective memory of all of time. Now, collective memory refers to the shared pool of memories, knowledge, or information of a social group that is significantly associated with that group's identity. The key being that collective memory reminds, reinforces, and anchors a people to their identity, whether that is positive or negative. And that's important to recognize, whether it's positive or negative. So an example of this is China. In China, people remember the period from 1849 to 1949 as the century of humiliation. That time, they lost the first opium war to the British, and they experienced defeat after defeat and unfavorable treaties in which the Chinese people became dominated by the Japanese and the French and the English. And although in 1949, when the People's Republic of China was established, they said that era was over, the people still remembered the sting. And they still interpreted modern events going forward through that collective memory, the century of humiliation. Close your eyes, if you would, and try this with me. You smell cinnamon, and you smell clove. And in that space that you're in, you see an evergreen tree inside a house. And that tree's decorated and it has lights on it. You can smell baked goods and you hear music. What kind of music is it? What? Christmas music, thank you, you can open your eyes. Well done. It was Christmas, we were all, we were all there. I never said anything about Christmas. I mean, having an evergreen tree in your house, that's a little bit weird. But I never said Christmas. This is, this is the idea of a collective memory. We all just went back to Christmas. And the smells that each of us was smelling was actually probably very different. And the music that was playing might have been a little bit different, although Christmas carols are all pretty standard. But they were memories that had been contributed to by others. And they're memories that have been shared by others. And much like this type of family memory that you just connected to, 
the Psalms are the collective memory of the people of God. And they connect us to the story. Not like reading the story in a textbook, but instead the Psalms remind us of our shared experiences, of our shared smells, of our shared feelings and emotions. Eugene Peterson says that there are three great collective memories that are repeated over and over in the Psalms. And so this morning, I just want to present those three to you. And then we're going to worship together. I, find, I found that these three collective memories were pretty awesome. The first one is this. We are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I was made in the image of God. Now, now put some gumption to it and say, you were made in the image of God. <laughs> this is so important. This is so important. We forget. We forget that we were made in the image of God. And when we forget that we were made in the image of God, we then will allow anyone or anything to tell us what our image is, where our identity comes from. We and everyone around us have this basic beauty, this wonderful goodness, but we very often don't feel good. We do not perceive ourselves as image bearers of God. We're conscious of our failures and our inadequacies. We experience criticism and rejection, and we just feel lousy. The memory of our good creation becomes obscured by a thick fog. Praying the Psalms daily is a practice of re-entering the reality that we are good creation. Who needs to hear that? You are good creation. Raise your hand higher. Good God. I need to hear it. I need to hear it every day. I need to hear it multiple times a day. It just it depends on what conversation I'm having. I need to be reminded that I am good creation. The Psalms cause us to recognize also that God is God and we are not. Tell your neighbor, you need to practice that one. No. <laughs> it's like the second step in the 12 steps, right? We recognize, we came to recognize that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Because you want to know what? If we don't recognize that, we think we're the greatest power in the universe. Amen? That was for you. But just saying the name of God will reorient our heart. You open up to some random psalm. In the first line, right? Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. All of a sudden, my mind is reoriented in one line. In doing so, it's so awesome. We connect then to the multitudes and the generations before us that called on the name of the Creator, the Creator of us all. And when we pray the Psalms, we anchor our identities in being beloved,
created ones. And that's the healthiest, healthiest self-image you could ever have. You are beloved, created one. Tell your neighbor that you're a beloved, creator one. Eugene Peterson's second point, hey, enjoy the feel good because it's about to change. <laughs> the second point, the second collective memory that we have is this. We are given towards sin. We are given towards sin. We have an inclination to sin, all of us, all of us. Say to your neighbor, I have a tendency to sin. If you came together, they already know that. This could be a healing moment. Some of you have been waiting for them to say that for a number of years. No, we pretend that we're better than we are. Amen? We deny the evidence of our wrongdoing. We avoid facing our badness. But every avoidance or denial of sin is no less an escape from our humanity than the avoidance and the denial of ever being created. Because the bottom line is that creation and sin coexist right now. And so if you've been created, you sin. Just accept it. And here's the thing, accept it for that person that you're holding that grudge against because they sinned against you. They were created and their sin coexists. Praying the Psalms does something for us. It's like a paddle wheel. And we'll hit certain spots where all of a sudden, whoever wrote that Psalm is confessing something that we've been hiding for a long time. We've hidden it and we've said, well, that doesn't need to be dealt with. And all of a sudden, the psalmist is dealing with it in front of us. And then the spirit says, hey, how about we have that conversation? And some, sometimes we've got sins of omission, things that we haven't done, right? Where the Lord has invited us to something and we didn't step. And all of a sudden, we're reading the psalms and we're reminded, oh, man, you asked me to do that. You invited me to go with you towards that. And this is the type of dialogue with God where it's like, I don't have the words to start that conversation. And so when I'm reading the Psalms, the Psalms will give me words, right? When we, have, we say it to our kids, use your words. Use your words. I, I use that with my 17-year-old. Rome, use your words. When we pray the Psalms, the Psalms help us get into the details about what we're trying to hide. The fact is this, this is the human condition. This disorder of sin is all around and all within us, but we would prefer to forget it. But when we allow the Psalms to help us to remember, the Psalms also remind us that God is present in our remembering and is active in that moment and that the Spirit of God is a helper. The Psalms use very colorful language for us sinners. Rebel, wanderer, 
lawless, evildoer, guilty, liar, fool, corrupt, wicked. Hardly a psalm will go by that does not bring another detail of our sin out of the shadows for us to practice. My encouragement to you is to recognize that you're given to sin, you're given towards sin, and to have a regular practice of addressing that, confessing it, and bringing it into light will bring you life. And so I encourage you to use the Psalms as a way to pray and to address your sin. That's not the end of the story. It gets better. Eugene says there's three collective memories. And so here's the last one. The final collective memory in the Psalms is that our God is mighty to save. Amen? That should be the loudest amen. Our God is mighty to save. Amen? Praying the Psalms helps us to remember that God is named as rescuer, deliverer, redeemer, healer, ransom, and savior. In Psalm 103, it reads, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse two, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. You know when we forget all his benefits, when we believe our identity is something other than being a created, beloved child. We forget all his benefits when we think, oh no, this isn't sin, that was just a bad decision. I can fix that. That's not an issue with me, that was an issue with that situation and a poor decision that someone made, rather than just owning it and saying, I'm, I'm in defiance of God. I'm a, I am opposed to God. We don't agree about this right now. That's when we forget all his benefits. Having a daily practice of praying the Psalms, one of the goals is to help us to not forget all his benefits. They're vast. We may call them graces in life, or we may call them mercies. The saving power of our God is not agreeing with you about where you'll spend eternity. The saving power of God is not momentary. The saving power of God is ongoing and it's continual and you need it every day. I do. We're created in God's image. We are given to sin, but we have been redeemed. This is the pattern of our collective memory as the people of God. And it's good news. And it's good news that people want to hear.
And it's good news that people need to hear. Because so many are stuck right on the front end. Their identity is absolutely lost. And so may we be a people who find creative and truthful ways to help people define life. I wanted us to read Psalm 77 together, um, and then we're going to end in worship. And so would you stand where you are? If you take these three great collective memories and uh, open the Psalms tonight or tomorrow morning and try to start to find how many times you see the patterns, um, I think you might have fun with it. But let's read Psalm 77 together as an act of worship, as an expression of our hearts. And you may find that most of the lines must have been written for someone else that one of them is exactly where you are. And I'm telling you this morning, if that line highlights, invite the Spirit of God into that space. You don't need to sing any more songs. You don't need to read the rest of it. Invite the Spirit of God into that space because the Spirit wants to meet you where you are this morning. So, Lord, we invite your Spirit. You have freedom. And now enter in with us as we read this psalm. Psalm 77. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never be again kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? 